This week on The Pour Over, Joe and Dill continue their discussion on Dead to Me, a newly released Netflix show about the comedic side of loss, grief, and forgiveness. Yo, did you know that tea stains? Or would you prefer a nutmeg finish or a bamboo fusion? Or a bamboo fusion? Bamboo fusion? <laughs> talk about first world problems today. Uh, listen in as we talk about episodes 7 and 8 of the new dark comedy, Dead to Me. Let's pour it all over. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Each week, we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very things so many of us depend on each morning. Coffee. This time, we'll be chatting about Dead to Me, a new TV comedy on Netflix. But before we get into all that, let's catch up with the Pour Over Boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> So what to do, man? How's it going? It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I shared I know, like two episodes ago, maybe. It's like, oh yeah, semester's over. It's summer. Well, today I have my first day of summer school. Oh what? So you got summer school? I'm back. Yeah, I'm back in class already. So you know, back to the grind. Oh man, that stinks. I, I yeah. feel you though. I'm, I'm working over the summer, even though I work in school. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like are are all the teachers and everyone else like not there anymore? No, they actually still come in every now and then. Like I'll see them kind hmm. of poke their head into like work on their classrooms and stuff. Okay. But low key, I like the summer's quiet. Oh, that's good. Kind of don't like, you, you know, focus. Yeah, it helps me focus, you know. I got stuff to do and I don't know, it's like when someone's when someone has a break, you're like, go enjoy your break. Like, don't come. Mm. Just enjoy your break. Don't come back here. Uh, I, I like seeing you, but at the same time, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been uh, it's been still busy in the schools. Um, how, how's uh, how's your coffee been? Yeah, that's that's been a thing, man. I I, I think I shared last week where it had been a few days since I drank coffee mm-hmm. and. Um, that coffee famine, coffee fast, whatever you'll call it, kind of extended a few more days. Oh, wow. So today was actually my first cup of coffee in like a week and a half, maybe. No way. Yeah. So it went, it went pretty long, I would say. Is that like uh, 10 Um, days or? Yeah. Something like that. I think it was like a Thursday to like a Monday or something. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, so I went quite a long time without coffee, and I definitely felt it the first few days where I was like, I'm just extra tired, and then I started thinking about how much I was sleeping. So, I mean, it's like summer school, or summertime it was, so I wasn't really thinking about it. Sure. But I was like, man, yeah, I, I think I'm sleeping like an extra couple hours a day or something. Mm-hmm. That's um, nice. Then, then my normal, uh, which makes sense this summer, but also like no coffee, I think, to make up for it. Yeah. But, like, weirdly, like, after a week or so into it, I started to feel okay. Hmm. Like, I was like, oh, I think I kind of got over whatever hump there was with the lack of caffeine. Not to say I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. I mostly just drink one cup a day, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But, yeah, after, like, like today, in the past couple of days, I was like, I'm okay without it. Mm. Whereas before, I might have been like, ah, it would help. Right. Not that, like, need, need, but... Yeah, today yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to get it because it's just been a while mm, kind of mm. thing. So I think that's good. I think it's a good 
good little thing. A little reset every now and then, yeah, you know? Yeah, How was your coffee rebound? Uh, Low-key, it was just okay. Oh. Unfortunately. Hey, that <laughs> um, sucks. Yeah, so I went, so I, I bought some beans. And I, I can talk about that in a minute, but I was like, I went to the shop to buy some beans, and then I was like, ah, I'm here. I don't want to wait to brew these, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy just a drip or whatever. Sure. And it was okay. I mean, it wasn't, like, bad, bad. I was, like, three out of five or something, but <laughs> it's, like, a little watery more than I would like. Mm. Um, yeah, could be maybe a little more bitter than the I would prefer. But, I mean, it's, like, a drip. I don't know. Okay. So, it's just okay. I thought that first sip was going to be, like, heaven. Yeah. Be, uh, my mind would be blown. Mm. Um, not quite. Mm. Well, but it was good. The caffeine hit, though. I did feel it. Mm. Even just like sipping a little bit, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay, nice. So, yeah, but I'm back though, so I'm, you I'm, back. I'm good. I'm glad to be back. All right, yeah, yeah. What coffee did you yeah. pick up? Oh yeah, yeah. I bought uh, from Oak Cliff, my you know reliable go-to. Yes, sir. Um, man, these uh, these Ethiopian beans. I feel like our pronunciations are so bad. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did get an Ethiopian bean. Okay, and they call it. Wallachu Wachu. Okay. Um, I think it's also from Guji, from wh- where you were talking oh, about really? last time. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of the flavor notes, I, I haven't had it yet. So this is just from, from the bag. It says uh, tart peach, mm. orange juice, and magnolia. Oh, wow. I haven't heard of magnolia as a flavor note before. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I I think it's been a minute since I bought an Ethiopian, so I thought I'd mix it up and try it. Sure. Interesting. But, yep. How has your coffee been? Coffee's been pretty good. Um, I can't say it was as good as the last few weeks since we've been talking. Mm. Um, yeah, still been on the pour over, still working the, the wave. And the cool thing, though, is I had some friends come over, like, over the weekend yeah, and um, they really like coffee. Uh, hey, at least I think man. one of them really likes coffee. Yeah, and I was able to make them uh, pour overs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, made a couple cups, uh, divvied it up. Each person had like about six ounces, and kind of did a little tasting of the bloom, which is getting a little stale, and then also mm. the uh, Ethiopian guji. Nice. How the have the brewing for multiple people. Did you brew like all at once? Uh, I actually did not. I um I did one 12 ounce cup each. So I did two 12 uh. ounce cups of the the Guji, and then I did one 12 ounce cup of the uh, Bloom from Deeper Roots. Wow, I feel like that's like a whole like coffee competition presentation or something <laughs> you're like brewing it you know you're talking about it and then you give each a little sample yeah and go brew the next bean for them to try mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was kind of fun nice. it was because uh, we were playing board games and it was like an intermission mm-hmm. so yeah. that, you know i could tell that some people were getting kind of sleepy we were watching like this instruction video of a game mm-hmm. and then this guy in front of me just like you know it's kind of doing the head thing like his eyes are <laughs> i'm like hmm Maybe this is the time I pull out my my coffee game. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just uh, made some coffee. It was like five in the evening, but we were gonna be playing all night. So uh, oh. yeah, whipped out the wave. Very nice. Do these coffee fanatics have any comments or thoughts? 
Um, actually, just one. One's into coffee. She didn't really say anything, actually. But the other okay. two were were like, mm, "This is really good." And then one guy was like, mm. uh, "I don't usually drink coffee, but this makes me want to drink more coffee." Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> you rope them in. That's that's essentially how I got into coffee. Mm. So you know, you just have that random pour over, didn't even know what it was, and you're like, "Oh, this tastes good," and you just kind of drink more. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nice. I was meaning to ask you, have you revisited that Metropolitan Coffee? Oh the yeah, from, is it from Chicago right. or? Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, I, I I don't know if is I don't know if I would call it a sample bag, but I think it was about seventy grams of coffee in one bag. Oh, okay. And so I just brew. I like split it up, so I just brewed it over like two or three different times. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, like I, I think I said last time, it was. It's just fine. Okay. I guess not offensive mm. or bad necessarily, not great. So it was like okay, mm-hmm. um, I would say. So especially for like a pre ground coffee um, in this like pre packaged kind of thing. Right. So like it was fine. Um, okay. I, I wouldn't mind like drinking again if I had to kind of thing. But. But not like yeah, a standout. I, I would go out and buy it. Although, I mean, I assume they might have like whole bean mm-hmm. kind of options and other stuff. Maybe have so, other roasts and other kind of origins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just finished that off because that's all I had that uh, my friend gave me. Hmm. So it was all right. Okay. I would say. I mean, I'm worth checking it out more if I were like in Chicago or something. Assuming that's where they're from. Yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. So I assume that you went to Oak Cliff to pick up your beans. Um, so I, I I don't know if I've shared it before on this podcast, but in Dallas, if you're looking for some Oak Cliff uh, coffee, there's a coffee shop in Uptown called Crooked Tree. Okay, and they sell the beans for fifteen dollars a bag. Okay, like, no matter what bag it is. Oh, nice. Whereas, like, it, which is weird. I don't know. I guess they just take a loss on it. But because hmm. at Oak Cliff itself, the roaster themselves, some of these bags will be like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. But it's just a flat fifteen at Crooked Tree. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, so I buy most of my beans there most of the time, and it's kind of on the way to school, so it's not really out of the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I went there and now, you know, I, I outed where the drip wasn't great today. Oh, okay. I thought you got your drip okay. from like a gas station or something. No, I got it from there and it's just okay. Um, Yikes. I think I've had it before and it's been better. So it could just be one of those days. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Who knows? We'll just give them benefit of the doubt. But yeah, so I bought the Oak Cliff from Crooked Tree and it's in Uptown. Uh, I mean, it's a cool place. It's like an uh, old house that they kind of repurposed into a coffee shop. So mm. it's kind of got that vibe. Nice, they got nice. furniture and stuff, kind of cozy. Hmm. Oh, mm. where's, it, where's it located again? Uptown. I feel like I've been there before. Maybe. It's across um, the street from a Whole Foods, I think. Is it in kind of a residential area? Ish. It's like, because... If you're familiar with Uptown in Dallas, there's McKinney Street. It's kind of that main street where a lot of the businesses and stuff are. Mm-hmm. It's right off of that. So mm. it's like the edge of where there's a bunch of houses and then um, the actual like Uptown and businesses. Yeah. So it's like right there. I feel like I've been there because I went to one coffee shop in Dallas one time. And it was, yeah, built out of this old house that had mm-hmm. like, um, like, you know, 
vintage antique wood flooring and the yeah. coffee shop was kind of divided into different rooms. It was all open space, yeah, yeah. but there were just distinct rooms in the in the building. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back there because I think they they did they also have pastries and and like little yeah. baked goods. Yeah, they do some pastries. I've never had those. They sell taco deli tacos. I feel like that's is like a requirement for a third wave <laughs> coffee shop in Texas to yeah. sell or or in Austin and Dallas at least. To sell taco deli tacos, really? Yeah, I feel like every coffee shop sells them. I've never noticed that. Yeah, like in Dallas, at least, like they sell the taco deli tacos, and they most of them sell Emporium pies. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of like the two, like I don't know, markers of like a third wave coffee shop. I feel like that sounds like a terrible combination, um, though. Tacos and coffee together maybe i don't know it's, it's like a nice like oh it's your breakfast like oh, the breakfast tacos okay that makes sense yeah yeah oh, i was imagining like a super greasy like oh fried taco no not quite okay. yeah so it kind of all goes in together with like kind of the hipster slash third wave because you know taco deli is like healthy locally sourced ingredients you know all that kind of stuff so okay. it's like a little pricey because mm. coffee itself is too but it's like healthy, good ingredients and stuff. Gotcha. So it's on brand. Mm. My go-to taco place when I lived down um, kind of near um, City Square? Was it City? Mm-hmm. I think that's the area where um, Pearl, kind of near where Pearl Station was. Oh, sure, sure. Tacos a like go-go. City Place? City Place, yeah. Oh. Tacos a go-go, man. Oh. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been there. I think it's called that. Um are they, are they more authentic or are they kind of like no, Americanized? No, they, they do the breakfast tacos and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. But. Yeah, my, my go-to for like authentic kind of street tacos is called Tacos Abengueta. Oh, Abengueta. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I never know if I'm saying that right. I just say it because it sounds better. I don't want to be like, Tacos La Banquet. <laughs> oh, Banqueta. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Banquet A. Yeah, you almost pulled a Steve there with the traditional. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That, that's that's a good good segue. But um, yeah, that's that's my go to for tacos usually. Okay. Um, because I know we we used to do those like gas station tacos. You know, feel city, yes, sir. all that. Um, it's like it's like that, but then they actually have seating on the inside. Mm. And it's like a real restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of prefer that. But yeah, it's good. There's one by my school. There's one up in Plano too. So, mm. would recommend. Okay, okay. Well, you know, since we we talking about Steve already, anyways, yes, sir. and bringing up the other things, and we transition our conversation to talk about Dead to Me, the show we've been talking about the past few weeks. Uh, Dead to Me is a new TV comedy. It's on Netflix. Uh, stars Christina Applegate, who's a widow who's mourning the sudden loss of her husband. And Linda Cardellini, who's her new free-spirited companion that shares a grim connection to her husband's passing. So, you know, the show explores topics of loss, grief, and forgiveness through the hilarious friendship, you know, friendship of Jen and Judy. Um, Yeah, so we've been talking about it for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, people are probably pretty familiar. And this week, we're talking about episodes seven and eight. Yes, sir. So... You got you got initial thoughts, reactions on these two episodes. Um, initial thoughts. Um, I definitely feel like Seven was a deep dive into Jen's psyche. I mean, you see mm. 
a lot of her kind of ups and downs and just the, the, the crazy emotional reactions that she has in this episode. I felt like her acting was really kind of um, tested just with, mm. you know, just all her knee-jerk reactions of of just dealing with kind of the, the pain that she's feeling with um, with searching for the killer of, of her her uh, lost husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then episode eight, I think is in more of an exploration of Judy's psyche and mm-hmm. like all her ups and downs, you know, with the, the pregnancy thing. So, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just really, really interesting, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I shouldn't really think about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. I kind of like the way you framed it, you know, talking about Jen and talking about Judy because initially I was like, um, it's not that they were like off topic because everything he talked about was pretty core to the story. Oh, yeah, in terms for of sure. Grief, loss, all that stuff. It, but it felt a little like disconnected to me, hmm. maybe. Yeah, like I feel like all of a sudden they just like went really deep on some, some of those things. Okay. Do, do tell, and do tell. I, yeah, I, I, I more so felt that by episode eight when they're talking about Judy and. Like she, she thinks she gets pregnant and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like this is a topic that they have left behind, mm. like a number of episodes ago. Right, this is like, like part of her two. introduction. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like all of a sudden we're like almost dedicating an episode to it, bringing it back up. And I was like, why are you taking us on this emotional up and down? Mm. Like I almost felt. Like what they wanted to get, I guess, out of me at least as a viewer, I felt like they didn't have that like emotional capital to spend on this because I felt mm. not as invested in it. Mm. And then also they just went like up, down, up, down. Like, yes. oh, I might be pregnant. I'm so like happy. And then like, oh, I'm not. Well, like, and they drink. I feel like, and like I am. <laughs> and then immediately after, the doctor's like, you're not. Yeah, I, I was like, what the dude. And uh, they gotta change up their coping mechanisms, man. They just always be drinking. I know it's bad. Good thing kids aren't watching this show. I Anyways, know. um, and I was gonna say, is it that you're not invested emotionally in the show, or are you just not mm. empathetic of Judy? Because mm. I was not. I didn't feel bad for her at all, honestly. Yeah, I. <sighs> And I'm not trying to be mean. I just mm-hmm. I feel like the way the way the show frames episode eight, and I know we're kind of jumping around, yeah, makes me feel like she's actually crazy. Like, mm. and it doesn't really build my empathy for her. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah i I think I have like I don't know if you call it like acute empathy, like in the moment, like this single situation, she's very sad. Or like she, she goes from very happy to very sad. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for her. Like I feel that. I know this is very important. But as a whole, like for the show, I was like, I'm not even thinking about this anymore. Mm. You know, like I thought we weren't going to come back. Well, it makes sense that we would at some point, but I was like, yeah. this is not even what I expected. So maybe like caught me off guard in that sense. Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you do mm. tell a bit more. Okay. You're thinking she's a little crazy there. Actually, no. I should I should renege that statement because I don't want to use the word crazy to true, describe because it's not descriptive. It's not. It's just saying that's that's crazy. Yeah. I feel like she has, mm, like, bad intent. Like I just mm. feel like she is so invested, involved in her own world that she really 
it's hard for you to be empathetic as someone who's not really empathetic. You know what I mean? True. Like, I feel like she is not... In, in episode seven, Jen was, like, crying out for her, like, you know, Judy, where mm. are you? I need your help. At the very end of the episode, they kind of, like, had butt heads a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like in episode eight, she never rebounds from that. She never really kind of kind of tries to... Um, tries to seek any kind of, you know, forgiveness from, from Jen, uh, or is not really apologetic about it. Obviously Mm -hmm. she's kind of, you know, caught up in her own lies of, you know, once again, we have to remember who this person is. Like she's the one who killed Ted and is not telling Jen. Um, Mm -hmm. and also like, I feel like she's just, this superstition got to me. Like, yeah, I just, I couldn't get over the fact that her whole life is, just this one superstitious lying mess. And it makes Steve, who I think many people should see him as the bad guy and like the true scumbag jerk he is. It makes him seem reasonable whenever he's around Judy. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> yeah, I just wanna, yeah, that's true. I, I just want to have it both ways, man. I want to hate Steve. And also just feel like I can't believe what Judy is saying Mm. at the same time. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, like her superstition, like in episode seven, when they're taking apart the car and she gets super caught up in the whole like rock thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was seven. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, this, why why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. This like makes no sense to me. I know nothing about this trip. (laughs) Yeah. It just seems so random. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a dumb plot point. Um, and then it's like, ah, it obviously makes sense that Steve took, took a rock or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, she just like, she's like floored by that. I right. don't know. Just like her level of reaction to it did not merit, was not merited in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just like in this whole scheme of the show. Yeah. Yeah. She, mm, I don't know. To me, it wasn't that it wasn't because it sounds like from you that you feel like it wasn't it didn't match up to who she was, I guess, Mm. or like it. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, like it may. I'm like based on her character only. It makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of like the story, like I don't know why they brought it up or what benefit it it served. I guess. Mm. Um, and like, I mean, it was just to add even more stress to Judy's like psyche. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just felt like a weird thing that they just kind of drew out of a hat kind mm. of. And they're like talking, you know, Judy and Steve are talking and then like, yeah, remember that trip to Sedona? Oh yeah. I had a question I really wanted to ask you. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, Where's this coming about from? A rock? Yeah, yeah. Just, this whole thing felt like a swerve. Like what mm. the... Yeah, so like seven to me, um, with the Jen uh, experience put aside, yeah, it almost felt like a like a like a half filler episode. Okay, I don't know, like like important stuff happened, but like the content maybe wasn't as important to me. I felt like I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. that could be said for the whole show, but hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I feel like you're right about the piece that you know, it kind of shows who Jen is or shows who Judy is as far as being that very superstitious quote unquote spiritual person. 
like we saw in episode was it two where she moved in with mm. Jen and had the uh, you know the white sage and like did all the the meditation and all the you know yeah. stuff like that. So we know that of Ju- of Judy. Um, I think just when it plays out practically like this, and she like, I don't know, like she kind of she she kind of the superstition plays a part in her getting back with Steve. Like Steve Mm -hmm. feels a type of way towards her because of this kind of neediness that she's conveying with kind of feeling helpless with like, you know, you know, wanting to reestablish this connection with him. Just it's different from before where she was just doing that thing because she was doing the uh, chasing away the bad spirits in there because it wasn't really a whole part of the plot. Hmm. I don't know. It confuses me. Yeah. I, I don't know what to think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only solid conclusion I have is that Steve's a jerk, and mm. I hate Steve. <laughs> Man, I don't actually hate Steve. Ooh, really? I, I really don't. I feel like he he's true to his character, and true. Um, you know he he makes sense to me as a character, and. And and yet and he does all these scumbag things, and yet I don't hate him because someone is enabling him and allowing mm. him to to be that person. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's he, I he's a bad dude though, man. I feel like he he doesn't care about Judy like at all. Yeah, but Judy don't care about Jen. True, or she thinks she does. Hmm. Hmm. So Judy is your true villain. I think she's her own worst enemy. Mm, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, I think true. I guess I guess that's what's frustrating me is because Judy is an enemy to herself, yet Steve is not an enemy to himself. He's just mm. he's just a bad person, I guess. Yeah, he's just there. It's true. That's he, true. He's just a bad person who acts out in ways that are advantageous to him. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Judy is just so conflicted inside and is, is, is hurting herself, which to me is just, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It's messing with me because my brain, because I don't know. I'm just like, she's just not rational. Uh, Maybe, maybe I'm too, maybe I'm too like left brained, but anyhow, rant, we got to stop this rant. Okay. Mm, True. We got to go back to Jen. Um, yeah, Go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was because episode seven starts, I think, with Jen and Nick at the police station mm-hmm. with Officer Perez, I think it is, and Jen is kind of putting on this strong face, like because they, oh yeah, they're, they're presenting the car piece to her, yeah, that they got from Shandy, good old Shandy, uh, Shady um, Shandy. <laughs> yeah, right. so Jen coming in all strong, you know, aggressive, assertive personality, assertive personality. Like, oh, I got this. You know, I've been on this for one day and I got this already kind of thing. But and then he's like, she demands to see Ted's file. Officer Perez is like, I don't know about that. Like, it's pretty traumatic. And yeah. she just she she does her thing. Right. She looks at it. She, yeah. And then she looks at it and like she totally freaks out. It ruins her day and like has a breakdown and doesn't really recover in a lot of ways. Hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah I was true. I was like. 
I don't know what you expected, I guess. Because hmm. if there were... I'm obviously she's grieving. She's in the whole process, but it's like a little bit of self awareness knows that like you're pretty not okay right now. Like she's trying to you know get her life back together, all that right. Yeah. Past couple episodes, but like this is still very, um, like a very sore point for her, and like she's not over it. Right? She's still grieving. Mm-hmm. So to think that she could go and like see the pictures of Ted. I think was a little ambitious. Yeah. And if I was Nick, I would maybe have tried to stop her, although Nick doesn't really know her that well. So Yeah, that's true. It's, it's like one of those I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I could have seen it going a different way, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how one might feel if one were to lose someone, to lose someone mm-hmm. like that, but I feel like she Christine Applegate portrayed it very well. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I feel like if I if I didn't know how that would feel, I would know how I, how it would feel by watching this mm. episode. Like just the ups and downs she goes through because she she's she's mourning and she's sad. But at the same time, she has this kind of this like sense of um, like wanting to get to the killer and mm. seeking to avenge him in some way, um, which which to me is kind of the whole reason why she's looking at, you know, wanting to look at those pictures. Mm. Um, she's trying to get to the bottom of something and, you know, prove that she's tough enough, right, to to be able to work through this. That's true. Um, I, I, mean, I will say she that she acts very well. Like, I think all the different scenes where, like, in the house, she kind of has that breakdown, like, all of it, like, super convincing. So I think... From the acting standpoint, to- totally, totally agree. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. Like, it makes sense. I'm not surprised. Like, just based on the character, like, that she would do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over the place on this episode. A little um, bit. What did you think about the breakup between Nick and, and Judy? Uh, did you see that coming? Um, you know. Yeah, I was like, so like right before that, um, I'm not sure if we talked about it on a different episode, but I kind of like because I think they started the three of them, Nick, Judy, and Jen. The three of them start going around um, investigating the list, right, mm-hmm. of all the um, 66 like um, Mustang owners, and I think. Um, Nick says something along the lines of like, I haven't felt this good in a long time. Or like basically he like, yeah, yeah. He's enjoying it. He he likes being with Judy. Like everything is good for him in his life. Right. And then I was like, Oh, I had this moment where I was like, man, Judy's taking on like trying to be the caretaker emotionally for Jen. And now also Nick in some ways. Hmm. Um, Cause I mean, all, all three of them are grieving, right? They, that's where they all met at like a grieving retreat. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's like a lot based on what she's already doing with Jen. And so I we thought that she wasn't going to tell um Oh, Nick just like she wouldn't Steve. tell Jen. Yeah, like I don't yeah, just cuz yeah, she's not she she's trying to be that person for Jen, Ooh. although she does have a almost ulterior motive cuz she's the one that killed Ted. Right, right. But in a similar way because she just sees herself as like a caring person i think 
is what I would guess. Mm. Like, I thought she would try to do the same for Nick in some ways. Right. But, I mean, she didn't tell him, like, the full truth because that she thought she was pregnant. Um, yeah, that that was kind of like the break for me. But, yeah, I, I didn't expect her <laughs> to tell him yet. But she, mm. like, gave it up real quick, which I was like, oh, all of a sudden, she, like, she thinks she might be pregnant. And she's like, oh, yeah, everything's go back to the way it was. She runs back to Steve, breaks it off with Nick. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, this isn't very rational, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah. You talking about that makes me think, reminded me of something I thought of was that she can't be uh, genuine to Jen, but when it comes to breaking up with Nick, she's just very straightforward about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like she is able to kind of just quickly kind of reveal to him what's been going on, not lie through it and say, oh, well, you know, I I think I do have the flu and it's not like a pregnancy mm. thing. I I don't have a yeah. side piece. But with him, she just kind of discards him and says kind of, oh, yeah, I've been, you know, uh, seeing my ex recently. So I did think that was interesting that with Jen, she's not able to give that up. But with Nick, he, she, mm-hmm. she's just willing to kind of tell the truth there. Yeah. So maybe like her real motivation is really trying to get back to the life that she's always thought she wanted, mm. you know, the life with Steve, having children, all of that. Yeah. And her relationship with Jen is really to somewhat preserve the possibility of that. Mm. I how, think. Like how so? Because she, because I think I always saw their relationship as like Jen, or no, I mean, Judy trying to almost doubly care for Jen because she feels bad mm-hmm. and also like protect herself from I think being I hurt by emphasis, Steve do what by being hurt by Steve protect herself from being hurt by Steve or uh no protect herself I think from being found out okay as the person uh-huh. that killed Ted I think and but I up to this point I probably more so focused in on Judy really trying to be the impossible role of caretaker for this person whose grief she caused Mm, Um, dang whereas now i'm like maybe all judy really wants is yeah that life with steve and and the children Mm. Uh, because she so quickly gave up nick who she likes and next i mean i I feel bad for the dude Mm, yeah right um he's just kind of there and I, i feel bad but like he's she has this good thing going with Nick. Yeah. And she's so like, even just at a glimpse, cause he's like, Oh yeah, you could either have the flu or maybe you're pregnant. Ha ha. Yeah, like, yeah. And yeah. then she's like, Oh, maybe I am pregnant. All right. Bye Nick. Mm. Kind of like immediate. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of where I'm like, Oh, maybe the whole caring thing is not the main motivation. You know, maybe she's just, I don't want to say like delusional in that she's just motivated by that one like pictured life for herself, but right, could be, could be. Yeah, I feel like maybe in this show, our different characters are just realizing that at the end of the day, what they truly want is just to restore what was lost. Mm-hmm. And like nothing can replace that. Like mm-hmm. with Jen, we're still seeing that she's becoming more and more dysfunctional since mm-hmm. the first episode. Despite going to therapy, despite going to that retreat, despite meeting men who could possibly take Ted's place, like Mm. the guy at the retreat, 
she couldn't go through with that. Um, you know, I mean, he obviously talked about, you know, his <laughs> wife and all that, but, um, the same thing with Judy, like Judy still desperately, desperately wants to get back with that ideal life with Steve, with having the kids. Mm-hmm. And, and she has this friendship with Jim, but it's, it's really, and then she has this relationship with Nick, but it's really just not what she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, like when we lose that piece, it's like we are always trying to get back to that. Like that's always our mm-hmm. frame of reference, right? It's like everything compares itself to that thing, despite how scumbaggy, despite how um, how uh, you know how much of that person was in an affair and all that stuff. Like, I guess we just forget about that and just idealize it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also another thing you, you kind of briefly mentioned, like Judy can't be genuine with Jen or really Nick because mm-hmm. she's kind of hiding something from both of them, right? Yeah. And with uh, Steve, she's able to be, right? Because their relationship preceded all the lying and all mm. all the whole charade, everything. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that could be an appeal for her too because... I think in some ways her relationship with Steve could could be the least stressful relationship. Right. Um, Because she's not trying to be anything. Well, she's trying to be like his wife and like mother of his children, but she's not like trying to hide like, oh, I killed your husband or I'm a criminal, you know, kind of thing. Right, right. So maybe that could be part of why like it's just such a draw also. Like one, like she wants that family, but also given her most like present relationships right now, that seems almost like easier because she can just like be because he knows he knows all of all about it, Hmm. even though he doesn't really care, but she can still like say it to him. Right, right. Um. Well, there were some other little plot points here in this show. Um. Obviously. Um, Nick, the ex-detective, goes out and he really discovers that TKG mm-hmm. is is uh, Judy's workplace, uh, and he kind of has a lead there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that uh, cliffhanger for episode eight. That's so right. It was weird because at first I thought on the list it was just either going to say Judy Hale owns a Mustang or is going to say Steve owns a Mustang. Hmm. But it says like the art studio, right? TKG or, or whatever it's called, just right. TKG Arts. And, and then, and then, so I was like, oh, still that's bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she's still freaked out. She passed out, all that. But then, when she found out that Steve doesn't really care about her again, um, she <laughs> had that flashback and thought about TKG, and then uh-huh. she didn't say anything. And so I was like. I just thought that that meant TKG was only tied to him. Well, it, it's got to be because when they flash back to them first getting the car, it was Steve's gift to Judy. Mm. Right? That's so true. so he's got to own TKG or I, I don't know if they transfer the rights to Judy uh-huh. who works at TKG, but like that's what happened, right? Steve, it was like yeah. a flashback of Steve. It was like a birthday present car. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I was just surprised because like, it almost seemed like, wow, like I wanted to come tell you this thing because they're closing in on us. But now that I see how you really are, I'm not going to tell you because oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 
I was going to try to protect you, but now I'm just going to withhold and hurt you is how I took that scene. Hmm. But if she's tied to it too, then I don't really understand. Um, hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But, again, I mean, they, Nick Nick and Jen, they, they're going to find out. Like, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nick already knows, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. Nick, Nick does already know knows. Now. He just has to go tell Jen. And then it's just now the question of what is Jen going to do? Is she going to, you know, or maybe Nick is going to withhold that information. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to check it out more. I feel like that'd be the responsible detective thing to Ooh. do. Although he hasn't followed any. Like, it's like when Jen was like, the right mother thing to do would be to take my <laughs> kid to therapy. Right, right. And then the right detective thing to do would be either go to the actual active detective or explore it more. But, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's Nick hard, might... hard to say. Nick might get murdered. Ooh. Because he knows the information. Someone's going to find out. <laughs> I, could, I could actually see that happening. Right? Man, that would mean he'd just be another plot point. <laughs> Dude, this show is full of them. And, like, okay, I just thought about another con of this show. I feel like they treat their viewers as very unintelligent. Mm. Like, they just don't think we're very smart. We we need things explained. We need things played out in scenes. Mm. Case in point, last week I didn't get to mention this, but when we found out that Charlie was uh, pushing Ted's, um, Ted's uh, pills... They had to go and show us a scene of like Jen open up the medicine cabinet, uh, like pulling the pills out, opening the bottles, each yeah, one. Yeah. And like, and they're it. empty. It's like, oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then in this episode, um, I don't know, just like. I think maybe it goes back to Judy's storytelling of that event back in Sedona and like, you know, Mm -hmm. the superstition, like maybe the, maybe the point was, okay, just remember viewers, Judy is very superstitious and this is how we're going to tell you. We're going to tell the story about, you know, because I think somehow that's going to come back in the end, her like superstition or her just faux spiritualness. Well, given all that, man, what's the, you got rating for these two episodes? Yeah, I would give these two episodes. I would give it a three out of five again. Mm. Um, I don't. I don't think I would go down to a two like I did for three and four. But uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say these two episodes are pretty purposeful, mm. and they did reveal a lot about our two characters on the show. Yeah. So three out of five. What about I yourself? Yeah, I think three because yes, they they showed a bit more about Jen and Judy and all of that so but at the same time I'm still left wondering why at some points hmm. um, but yeah I think three makes sense so it's still kind of just middle middle of the road like I think they have the show has great potential to be really really good yeah but it's just like missing something um I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they is. should bring more Abe or something. I feel like Abe knows best. Because <laughs> he's man. just like, you know, Judy probably with Steve, huh? And Jen's like, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I actually like a lot of their supporting characters. I feel like we, we kind of feel the same. Like, I, I think they should, I don't know, somehow maybe lean into that more. But yeah. yeah. 
Cool, man. Well, you know, I think um, I think I think we'll wrap it up next week and just kind of give our closing thoughts on the episode on the series as a whole while we talk about episode nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll touch base with y'all on that next week. Uh, to wrap up our pod this week, we're gonna end with what's making you happy this week. So, Dill, man, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, um, being a hangout with some friends. I think this past weekend, um, Saturday specifically, spent a good chunk of the day with some people, and we usually, so I'm not a super active or athletic person in general. I, mean, I play sports for fun. Okay. We, we just played some different sports. We uh, well, we started the day with like a potluck with a bunch of people. Hey. Play board games, you know, a little bit, and then we uh, went to play some tennis. Nice. I don't Ooh. play tennis, but it's just a new thing to try. Michael Chang. Yeah, yeah. And then later we play volleyball, which I do like. So okay. it's kind of like a full day of activities plus being active. I think that's that's good. I, I need to be more active. That's why I think I it's making me happy just being able to do that, play some sports. Nice. So, Summertime's yeah. a good time for that. Mm-hmm. What about you, man? What's making you happy? Well, just to tag along with the active theme, uh, I have been on a softball league, and I played in my first game uh, yesterday. Nice. So I'm one of the reserves, so I come in probably in the fourth or uh, the fifth or sixth inning, Mm -hmm. and I play outfield, and I, um, I, let's see, what did I do? I did get a hit. Which, okay. which led to someone getting out on second base. Oh, so it's not well, really a, a hit. That's okay. Uh, yeah. And I it did. It's for uh, your stats. It is for me. It is for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my on-base percentage is, is up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Um, but then uh, I did catch, I didn't catch a ball in the outfield, but I did contribute to a play, mm, uh, which nice. also got someone else. I mean, it. I didn't do too good, but I'm glad I played. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> y'all uh, y'all win the game? How'd the game go? We overall? did win the game. Hey, hey. Yeah, we won five to three. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes, sir. Yo, y'all got a team name? Uh, No. I, th- I think we're just the, the name of the church. <laughs> oh, okay. Unnamed team. Yeah, yeah unnamed that's, that's cool. team. That's cool. That's cool. Nice, man. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll catch y'all next week. Um... Peace. Yeah, see ya. This was the Pour Over Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at pourover underscore show to stay up to date with the Pour Over Gang. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at Here Comes Daniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic. One word. Thanks for joining us and take care. See ya. Bye girl. Yeah. What do you think about bamboo fusion though? <laughs> What I really nice. think about it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I don't know if bamboo confused like that. Yeah. You got me bamboo confused. That's right. <laughs> oh.